there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nebraska preps postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. That's the big voice guy. He's welcoming us, welcoming us in. Wow. Must be Christmas. Uh, for another week of Nebraska Preps postgame, my main man, Jacob Padilla. I'm old DB. JP, how was the holiday, man? Did you get a chance to kind of catch your breath for a sec? Yep. Uh, pretty good. Just pretty relaxing. Didn't do a whole lot. And uh, now that's good because we get a busy week coming up here ahead with uh, all the holiday tournaments going on. Did you clear everybody out of the way for Suns Warriors on Christmas Day? Yeah, we, we got the, kind of the dual TV set up because they had the Packers on at the same time. So yeah. the Packers on one, Suns on the other, and then my dad, my brother, and I just chilling on the couch. So had a nice little setup there. Nice. One of those went better than the other. Yeah, you know what? There was a stretch there, too, in that Suns game, kind of in the third quarter. I was like, okay, they're going to yeah maybe start to take control. And and Steph Curry's just having none of it. Uh, they And they were forcing him to be volume guy early on. They I mean, the first half, he had like 15 points on 16 shots or something like that. And then uh, he kind of just took over in the fourth quarter like uh, superstars are wont to do. If you had one, we, this was a big argument in the Benning household. If you're the captain, you get you got the first pick. Who are you taking in the NBA? <laughs> the debate ended up being, surprisingly, between Giannis, KD, and Steph. And Jokic would be the fourth guy that includes in that. Those are probably the four the guys playing the best basketball right now, the four guys that are the most unstoppable forces. And that's a really tough I don't question. know if I could start a team with Giannis. Uh, I, Doesn't I, he need help? Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of. Kind of, because you look at that team, it, it's not like they were a super, uh, like a juggernaut team last right. year. Uh, yeah, Drew forgetting how to play offense for long stretches. Um, <laughs> oh, the shot yeah. selection. <laughs> not a whole lot of depth with some injuries in there, but for, there was just nothing. The like I, I'm, I saw it firsthand. Like there was nothing yeah. the Suns could do, and they had they were as equipped as anybody to slow him down with a guy like Aiton and uh, Mikhail and all that, and they just couldn't do anything about it. So like for for all his weaknesses, he is still just an unstoppable physical force. Um, that there's not a whole lot you can do w- once he's rolling because he's yeah. just so strong and athletic and long and, and um, coordinated. Like, just some of the stuff he does, there's nothing you can do about it. So it's definitely those four. Um, I Take your pick. I think you're in good uh, good hands with any one of them. It's just um, crazy how Steph can get you three at any time. Yeah. And, I'm and he you can, can get make anybody the- else three as well because of the attention he draws. <laughs> you know, so it's key. like those add up in a hurry, right? Yeah. Uh, anyways, we'll, we'll fast forward to high school. You got a chance to see a good one. We kind of we left C1 out of the mix last week. We just, I don't know, it was a jam-packed show. We were cramming so many things in, and we forgot to preview a really good one with, with Auburn. Uh, well, yeah, recap, uh, Auburn's 67-game uh, winning streak coming to end yeah, uh, to D.C. West. Um, 
the on December 18th. It was a overtime game at DC West. Brody Travis had a couple of uh, free throws, scored 17 points um, to get them to win there. So 67 straight games. Like I, I saw I saw the number and I was like, wow, it got it. it. It's like, but actually, no, that makes sense. Yeah, it's been a long time since they lost. So. Um, we wondered what Auburn was going to look like uh, without Cam Binder and, and as importantly, Daniel Freire, because they've had that inside presence the last few years to, to balance out what, what Binder and uh, the perimeter players do. And I really liked uh, the start of DC West. I saw them last year right before the district started uh, against Platteview. And you could tell they had some pieces, a little on the young side, for um, – uh, for that Platteview team, but they had a lot of good players. Yeah, and it's not a huge uh, population base to draw from, but they yeah. do a great job of um, really kind of focusing on youth development with, with their middle school teams, getting kids involved in, in summer basketball, select basketball, all that kind of stuff. So they, they work really hard out there to kind of build up teams. And um, this year, again, that's a huge win for that program. Um, but uh, – you mentioned previewing the other, the big one last week was Wahoo at Ashland Greenwood is uh, one going two two in, in the NEB preps coaches rankings. And whew, boy, that some wild swings of that one. It looked out the gates like Wahoo was going to come in and roll through them as 12 to four after the first quarter. Kale Jacobson was the only one that had scored. And then things flipped big time, and they outscored them 61-31 to 31 the rest of the way. Yeah, I thought Jacobson was the, kind of the difference. He really asserted his – he's just a bigger, stronger oh. version of whatever Wahoo could throw at him. I, you know, just a – it's kind of a young team, especially physically in Wahoo. And Jacobson just too much. Boy, was he a handful. Well, and he asked for the defensive assignment on Marcus Glock as well. And held smothered four him. points on two of nine shooting. Like, that's – you got a sophomore going against a senior that's been living in the weight room since since he uh, started high school and has seen some really good competition. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and it's just great to see Kale back on the court. He's yeah. one of my favorite players to watch, and him that, that ACL injury, which happened around the holidays, uh, mid December uh, last year, was just such a bummer for everybody involved in high school sports because he's he's so much fun to watch and makes that team uh, competitive against anybody. And it was good to see him back out there. He's still, still working through some rust. You could tell there are a couple uncharacteristic turnovers and the three wasn't falling, but he still found, found a way 19 points, eight boards, five assists, three steals, two blocks. That's yeah, pretty good stat line. <laughs> no kidding. And uh, a, a big key was Evan Shepard coming alive as that secondary scorer, scoring 17 points on seven of 10 shooting, hitting three threes. And probably the most fun part of the the game was the fourth quarter. Uh, Max Parker, six six senior. Um, if you're not aware who he is, he's uh, he, he had um, his hand blown off with a firework when he was 12 years old, mm-hmm. and he came out four for four from three, knocking mm-hmm. da- uh, two apiece from each of the corners in the fourth quarter just to put that game away. Finished with 12 points, eight boards, a block. Um, so it was in every single. E- with each three going down, the place was getting louder and louder. You can see how much fun uh, all the Ashland Greenwood fans were having watching him put that game away. Yeah, the kind of the essence of what high school sports is about, right? Just kind of rallying communities. Uh, fantastic environment. How, do you enjoy having to sit in the same gym with one Mike Sauter? It gives <laughs> it kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies, but 
Well, you handle it a lot better than I do because you're such a professional. Well, uh, fortunately, uh, or unfortunately for his sake, Sauter thought uh, the game was in Wahoo. So a little late, wasn't he? He, pulled, he called me at like three minutes after seven. I was like, hey, in case you didn't know, uh, the game's at Ashland. I'm like, I know, I'm sitting here. So, yeah. Well, I'm in Wahoo, so I will see you a bit. So he, <laughs> he got in and got stuck in the corner. He was but, uh, leaving me from uh, Millard North, Millard West girls game. And so we put it in Google Maps, but we did it to Wahoo and not to... Ashlyn Greenwood. So, you know, she's rolling in at like 7.05 or whatever. He's not very happy with himself, but hey, I mean. Uh, I, listen, uh, about half the time I double check just to make sure. Cause, uh, yeah, the whole app thing, especially yeah. sometimes depending on where you get your info, and you, you have to look and see home game. You ha- and you have to look uh, at the, the like the conference schedule yeah. to get the for sure tip off time and location and all that type of stuff because uh, that stuff like that stuff's hard to find. You can't really find it on that. Yeah, it's not page. just because who's first and who's second sometimes. <laughs> gotta get the, gotta you get got the, the look. neutral get side yeah. games. And, yeah. So, uh, it was, hopping over to B, we'll, we'll get a nice little preview. I happen to see, uh, Coach Brodsky and, and, uh, and Benji, Coach Hag at, uh, UBT a couple days ago and both guys getting ready, both having their teams getting ready to roll out to North Platte. Uh, for a good one, with it's a nice little foursome, right? With Beatrice, uh, North Platte, uh, Platteview, and of course Elkhorn. Kind of a a little a little bit of a round robin. Can you stop kind of the size and length of Beatrice with Jurgens handling the ball? Platteview's got to get another score. Elkhorn kind of growing into the role, and North Platte kind of the host team. Long stretch of travel for teams to play on that day. Yeah, and that's kind of one of the interesting things about this week is you get these holiday tournaments, and you never never know. Some some teams have ones that they've been in for years. Others just kind of shop around and see um, w- what suits them that year. Some of them host teams, so it's always fun. I think that's definitely probably going to be the most intriguing one in um, in Class B. I, I one that I'm kind of just intrigued to see the results from is the um, is out uh, at Scotts Bluff. It's going to be Bennington against Hastings in the first round and Scotts Bluff against Lexington. Uh, Scotts Bluff is six and two. They've only played two Nebraska teams. Actually, they've only played one, one. Nebraska team twice. They're two and zero oh against Shadron and four and two against Colorado and Wyoming teams. So we haven't really seen them against Nebraska competition yet. So um, a, a game against. Lexington and then potentially against uh, a team like Bennington, I think could tell us a lot about where Scott Swift actually is in the, the class B hierarchy. This kind, of, kind of the getting, getting through the thick of things. And then as we get ready uh, tomorrow uh, to start the Metro holiday tournaments with a few little caveats, right? I mean, you've got a shot clock, um, which will be very interesting as uh they will experiment with it in the Metro for the first time. And I completely forgot about that until someone asked me if they were doing that for just the arena games or for all the tournament games. And it's certainly going to be interesting, especially when you start at the home sites with uh, kind of Without the a finals. Yeah. yeah, and then now you've got the moratorium, and so you can kind of mentally prepare, but you come back here and get like a practice in, and then you're going and you're playing with that shot clock. So I think we talked about um, it. I think it'll probably be on the coaches more so than the players yeah. as to to um, adjust. Um, they've got to be they, – they can't uh, encourage as much patience as they m- might normally like for, for some teams that really like to control the ball. 
you're going to have to get into whatever you want to do early on. It'll be interesting to see if any teams throw out pressure uh, more so than they might normally to try to um, kind of bleed that kind of kind of get bit. you deep in the yeah. deep waters with that shot clock. Exactly. Um, so there's going to be uh, some some nice uh, chess moves back and forth between coaches and teams. I think so. It'll be interesting to see kind of how they adjust to that and what that does for this because um, we've never seen it before. The Metro, okay, there's maybe one or two upsets a year, but typically um, kind of the favorites do very well, and you end up with a great matchup at the end. It'll be interesting to see how this impacts um, kind of the results of, of these quarters. Yeah, and, yeah, and those first-round matchups, it was a little interesting. Maybe you call, you call Gretna an upset? Um, for sure, for probably C- Papio going to North and, and winning that game, especially kind of a shorthanded Monarchs bunch that was that was a good win yeah and handily they they um beat them pretty easily so um that's I mean I think Luke Lindenmeyer at 23 and 16 uh, not a bad stat yeah line. it's a pretty good stat line <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah and that's we, we talked about that, that they rely a lot on Ingerson and Lindenmeyer and the question about that team is are they going to be able to get enough from Anybody else? I think Spencer Smith had a good game there. The Wayne State football commit. Boudreaux um, has been hurt. Keegan yeah. Highlock is was under the weather, and I think I'll get a, a healthier version of him for this go round. So they've had a tough schedule. It's a that's a for as early as it oh, is yeah. in the season. It's a little bit of a battle tested bunch. Yeah, no doubt, and that's hope. I think the hope is for them that 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 test will uh, allow some of their other players that haven't played a lot of varsity ball to to gain some experience and kind of grow and uh, become more comfortable. One advantage they may have is they've seen Miller North before. They played them a couple weeks ago on the on the front end of that Miller North Bellevue West weekend that they had, and so you'll get the 110 matchup as Miller North and, and gets to see a, a, a scrappy papillion bunch. Miller North's a two. Yeah, the yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. That's right. Bell West, the one. Although uh, Miller North uh, didn't didn't quite look like the two seed and the, uh, one of the yeah. only undefeated teams left in A in that in that first round yeah, game. Yeah, Brian was... almost got him early. I saw the very beginning of that game before I had to hop over to West Side. Uh, I kind of that's a scrappy Brian bunch. Coach Gully does a good job understanding how to take away your strengths. While trying to play to his, uh, and I think that was a good hire for them, um, bringing Galen back, um, a guy that you know how invested he is, and a guy that's got a lot of experience yeah. playing in that environment, um, playing at the next level, and just being around uh, basketball a lot the last few years, whether summer coaching, refing, just being around whatever it is, um, um, he, he knows what the deal is. So it's happy. It was a fifty-two fifty win for Miller North um, against the fifteen seeded Brian. And Miller North shot thirty six percent from the field, including three of twenty from three. Yeah, their so. shot, their shot selection. We had just kind kind of gotten. We were talking about. Seems like last week, kind of Neil Mosser starting to find it, find his stroke. Yeah. It was kind of a team wide epidemic against yeah. Brian. Nobody could really find it from distance. Yeah, uh, David Harmon fourteen points, twelve rebounds for his third straight double double. Jason Green probably his first. I would say poor game yeah. of the season. He had 15, but was on 5 of 12 shooting, 10 boards, and 4 turnovers. The rest of the team, 23 points on 9 of 35 shooting, including 2 of 17 from 3. And both those uh, threes came from Neil Mosser. So I think, I don't know that this is a, oh, this is how you beat Miller North. Uh, 3 of 20 from 3, I think that's more so a rough shooting game and then kind of what happens because of that more so than, Oh, this is the, the blueprint to beat Miller one North. thing. I, one thing I think you did see though, Brian did get, get into and get under 
Millard North really forcing them to handle the ball. I'll be curious to see how that 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 backcourt kind of handles teams getting after them a little bit. And that that is kind of what you see with that team where it's either really inexperienced or small like Jackson Page is a smaller point guard and you can put some length on him. It's a lot of pressure on him to handle the ball. He's got to usually for me for that that foot that basketball team, he's kind of my X factor yeah. because you know, I think Monster may still have need a little more time. We know what you're getting with Harmon and Green. Yeah. For me, it's it's Paige. He's experienced. He's got a really high basketball IQ. Um, and I think teams will run at him, try to yeah. get the ball out of his hands and make other teams uh, make other guys handle it. And with Mosser and Gaith and McMorris as sophomores, he, I, I don't know that you want to count on those guys. Like everything, they're cap- certainly capable of yeah. impacting any given game. But you're looking more to your upperclassmen uh, and a guy like Paige as a senior to be more of a steadying force than um, a guy that um, that is kind of up and down. So, like you said, he he is kind of if he can be that that next key that next piece um, a little bit more consistently that that'll raise their uh, floor. I think um, quite a bit. But there were a lot of good uh, first first round games in the tournament. A lot right? of them ended and, up being close. And I think you know what it, it is early. It was the familiarity. I think. You know, <laughs> three of the five were, were, were rematches, right? So I think <laughs> in, in just this early in the yeah. season, I, I was that's a little that was a little bit of a surprise, and um, and I don't just we jump to the other half with the with the one seed in Bellevue West as they get Gretna, one of the better stories brewing early are the Gretna Dragons, right? With Coach Feakin, uh continuing his fight battling cancer this team has had a, a few ups and downs but they've got some good wins under their belt and they're kind of a testament to his personality aren't you they just they just get after you they they refuse to back down and now they get a good Bellevue West bunch yeah um beat South again second time this season it's just uh, a bad matchup I think for South I don't take good enough care of the basketball yeah and um, again, we, we talked about kind of the key pieces for that. I think Grant Jansen had a big game, 18 points, um, really efficient in that one, and that's that's what they need from him to kind of balance out all that perimeter scoring. You need that interior force, and um, that's what he's capable of being depending on the matchups. And we'll, we'll see uh, William Kyle is kind of a tough matchup uh, for, with his length and shot blocking. Um, How about his ability to control both ends of the floor? Yeah. He is. So, so when I look at – I try not to forecast too far in advance, but you know, you you start looking at the big guns. Whether it's a, uh, you you start with the prep, right? With Jungers and a Will Kyle Jungers matchup. I go uh, Millard North with a Jason Green, uh, Will Kyle matchup. I I look at West Side whether it's Logan Wilson or or Tate Oddbody. He's just he's a tough matchup for whatever length you throw at him because he's such a two-way guy that runs the floor. Yeah. That's the other part of it, too, is like he'll block a shot, sprint <laughs> and down, the and get a guy yeah. down, right? Yeah. It's like he plays hard. Yeah, I, had, I gave him a hard time because he put out a clip uh, the other day of a block into a dunk, and the block was definitely a missed goal 10, but uh, the, the dunk was legal. That, that was certainly uh, – that part was legal. So, but just the, the fact that he's capable of doing that. Um, yeah, he's kinda, good. He's good athlete. Talking about. Uh, but, yeah, so Bellevue West, they squeezed in two games last week. They made the trip down to uh, the Hy-Vee Arena, I believe, um, to take on a team from Missouri and uh, Helios. And both games – so I think they uh, – 
14 players that saw the court against Elias, at least 12 of them scored. And then against Bellevue East in the first round, uh, I think they had 13 get in the game. And Josiah Dozer had 17, five steals and five assists, um, kind of led another game where a lot of players got to play uh, and get some experience. So. Yeah, with that early schedule being as, as packed as it was against different colleges, Burr of competition, their depth, I think, will serve them well. They'll have fresh legs. They, they can play 10. Yeah. Um, you mentioned prep that they're the four seed and that they, they held on for a 52 47 win over, um, 13 seeded Millard West. And this, again, another rematch that one was close, uh, during the regular season as well. Um, welcome back Casey O'Malley, yeah. 21 points on eight of eight from the field, including five threes. It was a, it's looking at the box score. It's really an interesting game because preps shot 67% from the field, including 10 of 14 from three. And yet they, they kind of had to hold on at the end. It's a combination of 15 turnovers, and then they didn't really defend all that well. Millard West shot 54% itself, um, hit four threes. Uh, so th- they just kind of lost the possession battle there um, with the kind of plus four on turnovers and let, let Millard West kind of go off. It, uh, Cole Kirshner, 16 points, hit four threes, and Trace Sadin, 14 points, and didn't miss from the field. So, um Prep, they, they good enough offensively. Certainly, win the game, but you, you'd like to see a little bit more defensively. I'm sure. I'm sure, uh, um, uh, coach over there, yeah, would uh, was is feeling the same way. I'm sure he was not happy about that defense. And that's kind of his but, mo, right? I yeah. mean, Ludke loves good defense, and um, you're right. Welcome back, O'Malley. He gives him a legitimate third double digit a night score yeah. to go along with Evans and Jungers and. You know, as they kind of start to get their legs underneath them, they were wobbled early. They got a few tough wins. Now they can kind of settle in, and they're getting healthier. I won't say healthy because they had a couple key big ones early, but they're getting healthier to make to give them a run to play potentially three games in three days. Yeah, and and that first of that is. Uh, they seeded Omaha Central, and we talked it's a about hard it last team, week. Hard team to we, figure well, out. Well, and we talked about it last week. Every time they play Papio South, it goes down to the wire. <laughs> yeah. And yet again, 54-53 win uh, for, for the Eagles uh, against uh, Papio South. They were actually up 35-18 at halftime, and then Papio hit them with an 18-6 third quarter to, to make it a close game in the fourth. And uh, Central shot 38% from the field. Um, they made almost as many threes as they did twos which you'd like to be a little bit more efficient inside the arc but I think it was probably just looking at the box score I didn't get a chance to watch this game but it seemed like a pretty good game plan from uh from Papio South defensively Jay, uh, Jay Dawson nine points on three of seven shooting uh, five rebounds five assists four steals it kind of made him be more of a playmaker than a scorer didn't give him a whole lot of scoring opportunities and uh they got 11 points on 4-13 shooting from Deombe Brody, 10 points on 3-12 shooting from P.J. Davis. Brody's, so. Brody's my X factor yeah. um, for that team. I think I normally I would say P.J. Davis, but I think I've kind of settled into knowing what I'm going to get from him. Uh, Brody's a guy, he's small in stature. He has some a little Jackson page to him in terms of he's got good IQ, a little small in stature, can run the show. A little more limited offensively than I would say some are, but if he can control tempo and take care of the basketball, it puts them in a pretty good position to be competitive down the stretch. They've got to find a way to get a third score. Yeah, I mean, that's 
if if, if Central wants to be there when it counts, it can't be, you know, Jay Dawson going bananas, you know, sprinkling PJ Davis, and you know they they've got to they've got to find a consistent third score somehow to make sure that they give themselves a chance to win against. I think what will be the upper echelon because the three teams in the top three can all score. Miller North can score. Westside can score. Bellevue West can score. It will be can they keep up kind of with that pace, at least in my opinion, early on. And they, they scored 19 turnovers to, to kind of escape with the win there. Daniel Brocale, 21 points, 7-11 uh, from the field. It's a tough seven. matchup, isn't he? Free throw line, 11 He's got rebounds. Good si- so. got good strength. He's he plays extremely hard. athletic, and man, is he an end-to-end guy. He plays ninety-four feet. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're gonna get you're gonna get your uh, you're gonna get your your meals worth defending him and trying to get shots off. He plays extremely hard. Uh, I'm pretty sure it wasn't his first double double, and it won't be his last as a six-three-six-four wing. So he he certainly plays hard. He's gonna have some some big uh, stat lines like that. Um, Elkhorn South uh, scraped by. Uh, Millward South, 48-46. They just, they just keep they just find find them ways to win some of these close games. Yeah. and They've well, been in enough of them. <laughs> <laughs> and so they'll get Westside, who handled Benson again for the second time this season. Good to see Tate Body back in the lineup. Had a good game, 16 points, efficient shooting. And Kevin Stubblefield, 15 points as well. He had 11 guys score. That's kind of what you want to see in a game like that where everybody gets involved. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I really like um, – you know they're they're obviously doing their scouting now and they're in films. We kind of talked about Elkhorn South, right? Tough schedule early on, a lot of close games. They don't mind playing that way. Um, so I'll be curious to see how, you know, if Elkhorn South keeps it close, uh, how Westside kind of handles that a little bit. Elkhorn South is going to have to be good defensively. You know, Westside has a lot of guys that can get you, and they can get you in. They have what I call spurtability, right? They can score eight, nine points like that, and it could be from a number of different people. So I, that one, I, I think, outside of prep and central, probably interests me the most in terms of tomorrow's games that will happen, just stylistically because I kind of want to see what happens. And um, I think – that kind of covers everything for for the Metro Holiday Tournament. We've got we'll we'll see kind of what the, the semis end up being, semis and finals. I think we'll have some some good games once we get to that point for sure. Um, want want to skip over to the hack real quick? Yeah, because I that one I don't have a favorite. Yeah, I've, I've kind of gone back and forth. I don't know if I've come up with a consensus fave. Yeah, because we've seen a lot from each of those top four. Yeah, um, whether it be results, whether it be just roster potential. Um, so you got up one seed Lincoln Southwest, and the two seed is Lincoln East, three seed is Lincoln Lincoln Pius the tenth, and the four seed is undefeated Rockets of Lincoln Northeast. So um, they've got the the, the first round games uh, in Monday first, but um, those are going to be the kind of the four teams that are waiting to see their opponents on, on Tuesday. It's hard for me, you know. Northeast schedule as we've talked about doesn't tell me a ton. I think I know what I'm getting with Pius. I, obviously, Bohr is kind of um, – he's the wild card there between the scoring and the distribution. Um, Pius has good size. It's really hard to match up with. Um, but then we've seen East and, and Southwest. You know, the, the Southwest that ran into that prep buzzsaw, maybe that's a learning experience for them, but they're still 
a little bit on the young end for some of their some of their what I think will be key pieces. That's really hard to kind of handicap, yeah. at least for me. And Southwest, I'll get the winner of Norfolk and Grand Island. Um, so that could be an interesting one. If, uh, if Grand Island makes it through, you got Isaac Trout going against yeah. that Southwest bunch. Um, Northeast, uh, they – they they've actually they're six and zero and they haven't gotten a whole lot of out of Porter Basil. So yeah, far. not yet. He's, right, he hasn't gotten going yet. And I like the way you kind of broke it down a couple of weeks ago. They have about three or four guys that can get you anywhere from eight to thirteen, yeah. and that really I think is kind of is kind of going to be their mo. And that's pretty much what they're doing right now. You look, they got I think uh, Christian Wins averaging about thirteen a game, really efficient so far. Um, then after that, you just got. Uh, G. Gatnor off the bench, uh, t- about 10 a game. You've got Xander Beard, about 8 or 9. you got Jalen Lang, about 8 or 9. you got Porter Basil, about 8 or 9. Like, just everybody's doing a little bit there. Um, Carlos Valdez, again, you got got to go about six deep uh, of guys that are going to score between 7 and 15 points, and that's how they've been doing it so far. And they will get the winner of 5-seed Lincoln Southeast and the 12-seed Lincoln High. Um, so, again, if – It'd be interesting. You got a little bit more experience on the Northeast team. If, if seeds hold and Southeast gets there, you got a much younger Southeast team. Yeah, that Southeast team would be a team probably in about three weeks. I wouldn't be all that excited to play because they have a lot of good young pieces, right? But they're just they're 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 young early, and I mean that that schedule. They've seen Southwest. Uh, they've seen Westside. It's it's been a it's been kind of a tough schedule early on for Lincoln Southeast, but man, those one through four seeds between, uh, you know, Southwest, East, Pius, then Northeast, Northeast looking like wait, where the four? You know, it will be highly highly competitive in that in that bracket. Yeah, and on the other side, you got Pius as the three seed. They're going to face the winner of number six Carney and number eleven Fremont. And then the, the final one will be East as a two seed uh, playing the winner of Lincoln North Star and, and Columbus. So looking forward to that. I'm glad that the, uh, the final is on, on Thursday so I can <laughs> going to hang out on backs for all week, <laughs> use the day off to head down there yeah. and hit the finals of the girls and the boys side there on Thursday and then head back to uh, Baxter on Friday. For yeah, the it's Metro a good, finals. it's good breakdown, right? So I'll, I'll, I'll try to give you some working space. We'll be together <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday. Shoot to Lincoln on Thursday. Back for the finals on Friday, man. We'll we'll cap it all. We'll make sure you you get we get you covered. That's another week of Nebraska preps post game. That's the main man, Jacob Padilla. I am ODB. We'll be back next week. Huda Media Production.